This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, a Day Brigade podcast and your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. I am Matthew Bunch uh, here on the podcast, and uh, as usual, although I think he's uh, took a week break, uh, happy to have him back, Omar Mubayed. Omar, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think, like a lot of the rest of Miami, uh, you wake up and you feel a little numb after the news yesterday morning, and uh, it's just uh, it's something that is, uh, you know, Hard to, hard to deal with, hard to fathom, hard to imagine. And, and if you guys don't know, obviously I'm referencing the name, uh, you know, the, the Jose Fernandez uh, tragedy of yesterday morning. Um, so it, it's difficult uh, to record this today in a sense, uh, especially to talk about sports and to not reference that a little bit. And it's been, you know, discussed ad nauseum. We're not going to go ahead and, you know, dwell on it. You can get much better insight from Dan Lebetard or from Matt Porter or from just roughly anybody else. Uh, but, you know, he is in, in our thoughts and our prayers here at Magic City Soccer. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll start off on, on this topic and then we'll, we'll move into the game that I, I don't think we're all that eager, eager to talk about anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things. I woke up yesterday and I saw Andy Slater, the, the local radio host, um, tweet out the news and, and you think he's been hacked or – something you know you don't actually believe it and then you start to see Craig Mish who works with the team and and other reporters uh reporting on it and and it's it's kind of a uh, a once in a generation type loss you know like you can think of the names in sp- in American sports you know when you think about a a Len Bias or uh you know a Bob Ojeda going back to to baseball uh although, although I don't think Ojeda was the talent Fernandez was but those names that stick about guys gone way too soon, Sean Taylor locally. Um, it, it's it's tragic and and yeah, I, again the the white guy from Baltimore. I don't think I can add much really in terms of the cultural appreciation, but I just know as a as someone who's my my first love was baseball and and baseball remains you know you know probably tied with soccer and and, and football. Maybe having like a four way tie isn't that impressive, but um, you know. I love baseball, and and you didn't have to love the Marlins, and, and everyone knows the the relationship that the Marlins have down here with with its fan base. Uh, you didn't have to have a love of the Marlins to love Jose Fernandez, and I loved watching Jose Fernandez pitch. I would go to the ballpark to watch Jose Fernandez pitch. I got to meet him uh, in spring training. He was just sitting in the bullpen, and I I, I had my hat on my head and took it off and asked for him to sign it. And uh, it just being that close to greatness, you know, it, it's it doesn't matter what the sport is. It, it, it was, it, it you're aware of it, you feel it, and to lose him at such a young age, to see the 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 1992 on the screen as his birth year, uh-huh. uh, yeah. yeah, it's just it's rough. So yeah, it's um, yeah, obviously we're. <clears throat> I think everyone in Miami kind of has a bit of a you know this is a Miami podcast and everyone kind of has that that dark cloud over their head. We're actually recording while the Marlins are 
are playing, and, and it was really a, a hell of a show that the team has put on in terms of honoring his memory and D Gordon leading off with a home run. You know, yeah, that was wild. It's just fitting, it, magical. It was, it was, it was movie, uh, you know, movie script stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 let that lie. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers are with his family and the team who are just having such a tough time, and, and really the entire Cuban American community in Miami who who. Re- related so much to his struggle and and to see him succeed and then see his life cut so short it's it's so tragic um so let's let's transition to something that really puts in perspective you know how bad we were feeling uh saturday night and you know you realize that well you know you can you can survive these things because in reality it's 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 not that bad in the grand scheme um, let's do talk about the Miami FC's game Saturday night, their home game against Puerto Rico FC. It was a crowd of over 10,000 people at FIU Stadium. Uh, it was a low-scoring affair, and uh, Miami FC kind of played some uninspired you know, soccer. Uh, Puerto Rico FC capitalized with an own goal by uh, Campos in the 79th minute. Um, and uh, Trevor Spangenberg had maybe... The game of the year, at least of what we've seen uh, in terms of goalkeeping, uh, besides you know some of the games uh, Indio Vegas put up uh, and Puerto Puerto Rico FC take the road points one nothing. Omar, what did you see? Yeah, um, you know, I was at the game. Uh, I believe, yeah, I was the I was trying to lead the eighth brigade during that game with a lot of notable absences from our leadership that night. Um, it's not a game to write home about. Um, you know, before the game started, we did have a roughly an hour and 50 minute lightning delay. And, and may I mention that it was a pure lightning delay because there was not one drop of water that fell from the sky on that night. Uh, so it's purely just a, a safety precaution. Um, <clears throat> we've mentioned it before and, and I'm going to mention it again here. Sometimes there have been errors, especially in the spring season where the lack of communication from the team and the team security services and, uh, I, I felt kind of belittled almost by the security team services. As I'm walking up the ramp and uh, we get a tweet from Miami FC saying that, you know, basically the teams are going to be on the field in roughly about five minutes. So I start walking up the ramp and uh, I really want to get into our section and set up the stuff we have to set up before um, everybody else comes in. And uh, it was amazing. I was told that uh, by a security guard, I run the show here and if you don't like it, uh, I'll have you escorted out for walking up a ramp, not being told, sir, you can't walk up this ramp or nothing like that. Just just go to that stream uh, level of, uh, I guess, not violence, but, full, you know, authority. Uh, very, very weird and underfitting. And, and if my MEFC leadership or if Andy Frayn leadership stumble across this podcast, I think it's something that you guys do need to take care of almost immediately because I, I, I can go take my money somewhere else. Um, the game, again, nothing to write home about. Um, you know... Miami FC, even though somehow uh, we have 63% of possession, it didn't feel like 63% possession. It really felt, you know, closer to 35, 36. I think the numbers might be incorrect uh, on match center, but Miami FC struggled to uh, establish a link up and play, struggled to pass the ball efficiency from the back to the front. Um, the few chances that Miami FC did have, as you mentioned earlier, Spangenberg had. I don't know. He played the game of his life. It almost seems like because he stopped at least four or five shots from my vantage point, and there were not shots that were, you know, hey, 
softies or floaters, you know, into the net. They were definitely hard rockets uh, or, you know, picking out certain angles of the goal. And it was just kind of shocking to see that um, we couldn't get we couldn't get a single ball to go in the net that night. And it was a completely different team that we saw in Puerto Rico, you know, what, less than a month ago, right? Yeah. So, you know, we split the points on the season between us and Puerto Rico. We needed the three points this uh, on Friday night. We didn't get them. Um, uh, I wonder now if it's more of a sense of when you have this long hour and 45, hour and 50 minute delay, um, is it causing more problems for the team in terms of chemistry and, and synchronization? But I think what's important to note here is that the fans stuck it out this time, which was really nice. I guess two to three hours does make a big difference, and I don't blame them. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, maybe, you know, you're playing games in the summer in Miami, right? So you know that these things are going to happen. Miami does have heat lightning throughout the summer, oh, you know, especially as you go into the evening and later night hours. Um, maybe plays games a little earlier. Uh, I, I don't know. I know we've established at 8 p.m., and we've talked about it before in, in previous episodes, but you know this is going to be a problem, and you know that it's heat lightning. You know, clearly some lightning bolt had to hit the ground to cause the delay. You know, it just makes you wonder, though, is 8 p.m. really in the best interest for this team, especially on nights where you can forecast inclement weather? Yeah, it. this is tough because, I, I like you said, I believe we've had this conversation on here before specifically about this topic uh, of starting times. I am of the opinion that in Miami... If you start anything at 7, you're going to get late showers simply because of traffic and the nature of the hours of, of how people work. That compared to other cities, because there is a lack of reliable public transportation that people have to drive, essentially have to drive home before they come to any game. I think we see it with the Marlins. I think we see it with the Heat. I think we see it pretty much any evening event. However, your point is entirely valid. Um, and it is a problem. Miami FC have had three home weather delays. Uh, One against Rio OKC in the spring, lost 3-2 to a team that had not yet won. Uh, In in the beginning of the the fall season, or no, towards the middle of the fall season, the game against the Fort Lauderdale Strikers lost against a team that had been struggling. Now, in in fairness to the Strikers, they've done a much better job recently uh, of putting things together, and really that game against Miami FC was kind of a launching pad. Um, you know, we're actually, we are sitting level uh, with uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers in the combined table. They're still down there in the <laughs> the, the fall table because they did have a, a strong spring season. But still, it, you know, they they had a real tough go of it, and, and they had figured it out. It seemed that they had been able to figure it out a bit. And then this game against Puerto Rico. Again, you're not talking New York, Indy, Minnesota. You're talking Rio, Puerto Rico, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, there is something to be said about this team having a really tough time handling these weather delays. Um, and I think it would be tough for anyone, but at the same time, both teams are dealing with it. So what's the real issue? Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the solution is because I, I am concerned that an earlier start would affect attendance. And it just seems like we're really starting to get around to attendance, you know, being a positive instead of a negative, and I wouldn't necessarily want to rock the boat, but I do think it is something worth mentioning that that the ability of this team to handle uh, these weather delays is a problem. 
Right. And it seems to happen, especially with the game against the Strikers. The games that are marketed the best by the team, and, and this is just <laughs> dumb coincidence, yes. and the teams that are that that's the games that are going to draw the highest numbers are being subjected to these weather delays. You know, I bet you we're going to have another game Wednesday night against Ottawa, and we're going to get to that in the table in a second. But Wednesday night, I bet it's not going to have a drop of rain. There's going to be no lightning in the sky. And, you know, if we get over 6,000 for that game, it'll be great because we're playing a Canadian team. There's no connection there. Uh, There's nobody you can really link there to the South Florida fan base or to the South Florida demographics because the Snowbirds aren't in just yet from Toronto and Montreal and all the other uh, cities where they do come down from. So it's kind of one of those scenarios where you look at it and you're just like, watch, this is going to be the game where, you know, the weather conditions are going to be perfect. Miami's going to have an excellent run, excellent form. And why couldn't this have happened Saturday night? Um, it's you know again. We're uh, going back to the game very quickly. Um, I thought the tactical formation was a little strange. We kind of left the four-four-two diamond in the middle behind a little bit here. We saw Poku playing out wide, and we also saw uh, Farfan playing in the midfield out wide as well. You know, leaving his uh, fullback position. Um, you know, it was being taken care of that night by Blake Smith and by um, Hunter Freeman. But Johnny Steele was playing as a number 10, and it was a Poku. Now, I don't know, obviously, if anybody's picked up a knock. We noticed that Lahoud was not on the 18, so he was not eligible to play. Um, but it just makes you wonder, you know, you know you're down 1-0. You know that you also have this midweek game against Ottawa. Uh, I guess they must have really thought, and they must have overlooked their opponent a little bit here. And even the goal that Puerto Rico got, I mean, let's be honest, Matt, it was kind of a fluky goal. Um, it's kind of one of those situations where we see a lot in soccer, mm-hmm. and every time it goes in, you're just like, come on, for real? Like, did that just really happen? Um, so I wonder if it was a little bit of an overlooking on the management side on Nesta's part here over Puerto Rico, who you just beat, I mean, 3-0. Like, you just beat them 3-0, you know, flying into Puerto Rico. Um, and for Dario not to take the field, um, for a lot of these guys, uh, Lahoud to be out of the 18, it makes you wonder... You know, did Miami FC kind of overlook this opponent just a bit? Um, yeah, I. Yeah, it's hard to have seen the game Miami FC played in Puerto Rico again a couple of weeks ago, and see this game and, and believe it's the same team. And, and it, it's not just, you know, there are sometimes games that you're just going to lose, and you're like, what happened? You know, we were really in a advantageous position it really seemed like we were making the most of it and we just couldn't stick the ball on the goal but that wasn't what this felt like here this felt like it was uh you know just Miami FC couldn't figure it out and again like you said the position the possession numbers that's all well and good but if it was if it was that uh much in favor uh of us it certainly did not feel like it um you know, and, and and the the quality of possession was not there, while the, maybe the quantity was, um, but just in general, it, it was it was a a game. I don't know. Yeah, it felt very flat, and and kind of like we couldn't really figure out what we were doing. And, and yes, we were denied by Spangenberg. We did have opportunities. I realized that, but I mean. At some point, the score tells the story. You know, you you are what the scoreboard says you are, and you know we have come on this podcast before and throughout this spring and fall season. We've said, you know, man, you know, my, 
Miami lost, but they didn't deserve it, or, you know, Miami won, and they didn't deserve it, or whatever the case may be. This, it felt like, again, even though you had these possession numbers, whatever the case may be, it felt like a deserved loss. And the fact that this comes against Puerto Rico is doubly shocking. Yeah, it, uh, I was actually talking to somebody in the stands tonight who I brought with me, and he made a note of David Moyes, and he said, uh, this team tonight looked a lot like the David Moyes uh, tactical adjustment of, we're just going to keep throwing crosses into the box. Miami FC had 28 crosses Friday night against Puerto Rico FC. Um, they only hit on about a third of them. And I noticed that on their corner kicks, every single corner kick was almost a game of tennis where they were trying to hit it to the opposite side of the technical mm, area. Yeah. And it almost makes you wonder, okay, yes, We've constantly had Red Bernstein and Mason Trafford sitting on the far, far post to try to redirect the header back in. Now, I wonder, is this something tactical that they've seen on tape that they know that Puerto Rico FC has troubles getting from side to side of the box? Or was it because that's just the way they want to play? Throw the ball into the middle of the box, let three or four heads get up there, and let chaos happen. But if you're going to airmail the six-yard box... You know, obviously Puerto Rico, these guys are professionals. You know, they're going to be able to make adjustments. They might make adjustments a little bit late. Maybe we saw that last month against uh, Puerto Rico in Puerto Rico. But they're going to make adjustments. They have the exact same game tape that we do. So if that was a carryover tactic, you know, it's, it's a little depressing to see. But again, I think, you know, we've had success about getting balls in on the ground. Um, and this need to go in the air and to go long in the air far on the far post uh, is something that I would like to see tactically change just a bit. Um, I think we need to do drive some more passes into the ground. Um, but again, I argued against that only four episodes ago when we had uh, everybody's favorite Welshman Lee Iphans on. So yeah. um, I guess you take it on a game-by-game -game basis because uh, I don't want to be called a, uh, a hypocrite or a, or a <laughs> flip-flopper here. But um you know, again, uh, they needed to be better finishing. I think Miami had quite a few chances, especially with uh, Vincenzo Rene and uh, and Jaime Chavez. And it was good to see Jaime Chavez get back on the field. But at the same time, you know, listen, I'm going to be critical here. The team didn't show up to play. And I'm going to be even more critical and say the date brigade that showed up, except for a handful of us, wasn't good enough, guys. It was not good enough. It, it surely wasn't. Yeah, I will. I will say a couple of things about the game, and then about that point. Um, it was good to see Chavez back and get some good quality burn on the field. It was good to see Richie Ryan uh, get back in and get some run too, uh, although it was less. You know, he had about uh, you know maybe about eight nine minutes uh, on the field, subbing in for Palacios in the eighty fifth. But it, it is good to see the team rotate in some depth, especially knowing you have a game on Wednesday, knowing that. You know, maybe Chavez gets some more play, or maybe Ryan comes on and gets more time. You know, so th th there are some positives there, but they're not the real positives that you would take away to feel really happy about the points. Uh, and in terms of attendance, I you know I will I I'm more than happy to put my hand up and say I I missed the game. I had a pre-scheduled trip out of town that basically was planned before the season started. Oh, I'm gonna have that same trip in two weeks. So don't you worry know, about like it, it, it it's. It happens, and and that's life, and and you know it's it that's understandable, and and we know who's good about coming out and 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 you know making noise. I feel like I I generally fall in that that crowd. The fall is tougher. Uh, the game on October eighth is going to be extremely tough, you know, because there are pulling allegiances 
you know, and Miami is a multi-sport town, and we are getting into an overlap here, you know. Um, in terms of the crowd that um, that did come, uh, I, I, I believe we're starting to get some tension regarding the amount of noise, the amount of cheers. Omar, I saw the cheer sheet that you had put together um, mm-hmm. for the game. Looked tremendous, you know, that that's something that, that was... Really good to see that maybe we've been lacking. You know, like some of us are very uh, familiar with the typical chance of soccer, and some of us aren't. And 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 in fairness, part of that is that some of us are the quote unquote Euro snobs, and some of us prefer South American <laughs> soccer. And you know, we are an eclectic group, and that is an asset, not a weakness. But especially, you know, when there are Spanish chants, it's it's a little hard for maybe Matthew Bunch and Lee Eifens to get in on it. And there are some, you know. English-based chants where other people are looking at us like, what are you talking about? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think there are some... It is our first year. We are almost done with the first season, but it is our first year. We are welcoming we are welcoming new members every game, and I think there are some growing pains that come with that, and I think it's the job of us as the, you know, the, the brigade and, and some of the vocal participants of the brigade to speak up and, and say... Hey, what do we want to do with this? How do we want to approach this? Where are the ways in which we can really achieve growth? What are the expectations that we have, both in terms of what we expect from our members in the end and what we do not expect from the members in our end? And and to verbalize that and explain it clearly. Um, and I, I think some of that has been going on, but there, there's always room to grow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I can't agree more. So I want to go ahead and segue um, into what we're going to have on Wednesday night. Uh, and we are recording this Monday night, as you've, we've mentioned earlier. Um, you know, we are recording on Monday night. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I kind of looked over at the TV. I have the Marlins game on on mute, so I just kind of got a little sidetracked there. So my apologies. So Wednesday night we do host Ottawa Fury FC. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many Canadians are going to be in the stands rooting on for Ottawa. Um, you know, listen, Miami FC needs three points here. This is the game in hand. Uh, that Miami FC has over the rest of the league for the most part and on the teams in front of them, they got to get the job done Wednesday night. Anything less than three points is, is, is unacceptable and it's going to be a huge blow to our playoff chances. Um, the team needs to be informed. I look forward to seeing uh, a non-experimental 11, one that we saw against Puerto <laughs> Rico, in my opinion, was very experimental again with having Farfang in the midfield. I, I You know, again, hey, fine you know nesta obviously does this for a living and i don't um but you know what ottawa fury they're no cupcake man they're no pushover uh we drew against them in our recent tilt in ottawa and they just beat minnesota united and, and did us a solid by beating them this weekend yeah you know we we were talking about it a little bit on the uh you know the, the pregame show before we started recording but, you know, I, and again, I will credit you, Omar, because uh, I feel like the last couple of weeks we've been crediting you for being a little bit ahead on things. Um, you were talking weeks ago about the combined table, and Drew and I treated you like a crazy person. <laughs> and I admit that, and, and I, I, I thought you were a crazy person. But when you look at it now, and, and the bad news is that the reason we're really talking about this is because... The window on the fall season due to the Puerto Rico game has not closed, but it is more closed than it was a week ago. But when you look at the combined table, Miami FC sits 7th. They would have to reach 4th 
There are four points between them and Minnesota United FC, and Miami FC has a game in hand. And the teams ahead of them, Tampa Bay, uh, three points behind, and Carolina, two, uh, one point behind. They play Tampa Bay twice. Uh, they don't play Carolina again, I don't believe. Um, but, you know, it's totally it's something that's doable, especially knowing that Miami FC started the combined table dead last, and they've moved up six spots. They have five spots. They were in 12. Um, considering that the, t- you know, the quality of, you know, the points per game in the spring season, in the fall season, I'm sorry, they've been getting a lot more points per game than, say, Carolina or, say, Tampa Bay. Uh, it's something that's not absolutely crazy, and it's something that the team now needs to be aware of, and and factoring in, you know, looking at these games, they've got to get points. They've got to beat Tampa Bay twice. They've yeah, got to get absolutely. at least four out of Tampa Bay, and really, they probably need to get six. Um, you know, it's... Their, it is a blessing and a curse uh, to kind of have multiple routes sometimes um, it, because sometimes you can get yourself a little bit confused and wrapped up and, and, and caught up and, well, is this going to help or is this going to hurt? Or do, you know, you just got to go out and get points. But it is interesting to see now, again, I was kind of shocked when I pulled up the table uh, a couple of moments ago uh, before we started recording and to see that, uh, you know, it's not a crazy proposition to look at finishing fourth in the combined. No, and that's that's one of the things I've had my eye on. If Miami FC were to realistically win the fall season, and when we started really talking about this after they made that nice run where the only game they had lost up until the striker's point was the last-minute loss against the Cosmos, I started looking at the fall season table, and I started looking at the combined, and kind of you know looked at the relationship in between points and said, if Miami wins the fall season, they're going to end up in the top four of combined anyway at the way that the fall season pace is going and the pace they'd have to keep up, uh, especially when Edmonton was on a torrid pace and when the Cosmos were obviously doing Cosmo-like things. Um, you know, it's important to note that the top four teams in the combined currently are in order of the Cosmos in the 11, FC Edmonton and Minnesota United in the 11 are the spring season champions, so they're already exempt. They're in. Um, in the 11 is not going to win the fall season. It doesn't look like as of this point. They are sitting in second. But again, you know, if Miami FC were to win the game in hand, they would even out the games played, and Miami FC would have a one-point lead sitting in second for the fall season, three points back of the Cosmos. So, listen, we're not sitting here and trying to write off the fall season chances, um, but I think the combined, at least my opinion, is something that might be a little more obtainable, a little more realistic. And you got to just keep in mind the fact that we do have to play the Rowdies twice in 13 days. Those games are must-win, both of them. If you can go ahead and take six points from the Rowdies, and I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not going to sit here and cupcake it and sugarcoat it and say they're going to be easy. These are interstate rivals. This might be the most established team in the state. Look, you know what? The schedule doesn't get much doesn't get much harder than them at this point. Yeah. You have Ryo OKC, which we've seen to be obviously what Ryo OKC does. Uh, we have Jacksonville, and then the last two games are definitely going to be the nail biters and. We're going to know whether the last two games of the season mean anything by the time we get there. We have a road trip to New York City, and we're going to go ahead and uh, face off against the Cosmos. Just kidding, they're on Long Island. Uh, And then we have a home game to end the season against FC Edmonton. That's going to be the season right there. These next five games are going to show you whether or not Miami has a chance at the playoffs and whether or not the team wants to realistically be in that situation. Um, 
can't make it any more blunt than that. Uh, but first things first, you need the three points from Ottawa Fury. And uh, then if we can get the three points, I think that road trip to Tampa is going to be a lot much sweeter. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> we, we kind of touched on it briefly, Drew and I did last week, discussing the, the layout of the schedule. It's very interesting. The, the NASL script writers, you know, the closer we get to it, the more and more it looks like they really did a heck of a job scheduling Cosmos away. They can't afford scriptwriters. Get out of here. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. Um, it was. It's really interesting to see uh, the way that things could set out uh, with this schedule. But yeah, it's you know, y- you look at again. I'm not overlooking Ottawa, and I'm not overlooking Rio KC or or Jacksonville, especially since that's a road game. We saw the team struggle there earlier in the year. But those two rowdy games now loom very large, and then you've got the Cosmos, which has kind of become the the bogey team of, of Miami FC, and then FC Edmonton, who are you know going to the playoffs almost assuredly. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be good, interesting soccer down the stretch. You hope that Miami FC's you know light didn't burn too brightly too quickly. And that this is not the harbinger of, of, of something bad to come because this is now the first uh, losing streak that we've seen from the team uh, basically since the spring season. Um, right. You know, the team had dropped one game against the Cosmos, one game against the Strikers, basically from July through the middle of September, or September and, and now they've dropped two in a row. Uh, so they really need to get... They need to get their act in order come Wednesday. I mean, it, otherwise, you know, you drop three, you drop points to Ottawa at home. <clears throat> all of a sudden, your math looks a lot less favorable. They've really got to start racking out three points and three points and three points. Uh, you know, three at home, one on the road, and and maybe not even to Tampa or or New York. You know, maybe you know get, getting all three there too. So you've got to get greedy. Now is the time to get greedy. Um. Every team's going to lose games. Um, you know, there is no perfect season. That that doesn't happen. Let's be real honest here. This is a game. This is a sport where uh, there is parity. Uh, this is a sport where uh, you don't play sixteen games and you get eight of them at home. Um, so th- there is going to be no uh, perfect season. You're you're, you're always going to drop points. Uh, that's, it's never you know you're never going to not lose a game. The matter is how you rebound from those games that you lose. And, you know, again, we talked about it earlier with the, the nuances of the Puerto Rico game. And we talked about, and you guys talked about it last week when I couldn't make the podcast. You know, the Indy 11 game, look, we finally saw the mistakes that we hadn't seen the team make all year. And against Puerto Rico, we didn't see the mistakes. We saw just kind of a lackadaisical performance, but it wasn't mistake-ridden. So, Let's hope the lackadaisical performances are out of the system. Let's hope the mistakes are out of the system. And we're going to need to be pretty damn near perfect the next seven games for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's kind of the situation with it. Um, it it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, the, you want to be... You want to be in those big games, and this is now the big-time pressure. And, and you would hope and you would think that the team is is situated for it, and I guess we'll, we'll start to find out uh, on Wednesday. Um, so let's talk about Wednesday uh, before we start to wrap up. Um, to go over, I, I'm going to take your, your job for a second, Omar, because I'm going to sell the game here. It. You're more than welcome to mention the Day Brigade specifics, but uh, 
Wednesday's college night at FIU Stadium. Uh, it's Wednesday, September 28th at 8 p.m. Miami FC will host the Ottawa Fury, uh, coached by Paul Daglish with goalie, uh, goalkeepers coach uh, Bruce Gravelar. Two, two Liverpool names there. Um, there are $1 student tickets, so if you're an FIU student... Um, get your butt out of the dorms and head on down to the stadium. You know, you don't want to watch that football team. So, you know, maybe actually <laughs> watch our soccer team. Well, wait, hold on. Does not – you hold that thought for just a second. Guys, it's not limited to FIU students. If you have a Miami Dade ID, if you have a University of Miami ID, if you have a St. Thomas ID, if you have a Barry University ID, if you have a DD if – D, if you have a DD, not a DD, but you should have a DD in case you're going to be drinking. If you have an ID from Florida Memorial, Florida Atlantic, any school in the South Florida area, show up to the game. It's one dollar tickets. Enjoy some midweek afternoon fun or evening fun, uh, and get that hump day soccer in. Go ahead. And uh, yeah, get there early. You know, make it some afternoon fun because the uh, the the day brigade tailgate party will be starting at about five thirty, probably. Right around that time, I was going to say earlier, but it is a weeknight. Uh, it's a work day, so get, getting there, getting to FIU before five is kind of impossible. I don't know how the actual students do it. Uh, yeah, we'll be uh, on the what do you call that? The East End uh, lot. Yep. Um, three dollar Corona specials, three dollar Modelo specials, music games, and more. There's a free hat, a Miami FC cap, for the first five thousand fans. Um, it's going to be a good time. Um, I'll be there. Uh, I won't. I've done a heck of a job going to the midweek games. Some of the weekend games have been <laughs> tough, but those Wednesday night games, I scurry on over in uniform and wind up like throwing on a shirt in the car. Um, but it's a good time. It's a good atmosphere. The team is in the chase. Uh, there's been some really good press about this club recently, both in terms of their play and and what they've been doing off the field. Um, it'll be a good time. My, my I think Miami really needs. Uh, you know, uh, a couple of a couple of hours of, of fun. It's been a it's been a rough couple of days sports wise. Between, I mean, again, something we've really not even mentioned, but the news about Chris Bosch and his failed physical. Uh, you right. know, if you're a Heat fan, it's devastating. Bosch is Bosch was my favorite non Dwayne Wade player even before he came to Miami. I loved him in Toronto. So this news, but I haven't even really even dealt with it. Because of right. this Jose Fernandez situation, so you haven't had time. Yeah, you haven't had time, and it's uh, if somebody if somebody told you two years ago uh, or two and a half years ago that LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh would no longer be on the Heat, and the Marlins would not have Jose Fernandez in any facet, uh, you probably would have been Baker acting. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you know, not making light of a tragic situation, but it's been an unreal time for Miami sports. Uh, in the last, let alone two days in, la- in the last two and a half years. And uh, I think uh, this team needs a winner, and this is a winner that we have on the field right now. And you know what? It's kind of the hidden diamond on the rough. Not a lot of people seem to know about it too much. And, you know, we're trying to do our part of spreading that word uh, as Day Brigade and, and with our podcast and with our uh, mass outreach to different audiences. So it's extremely important to come on out, you know, come have a good time. You know, you're already going to get cheap beer. Uh you know, you might be having a long work week. Come on out, break up that work week a little bit, and uh, and enjoy some good soccer. Yeah, I, I definitely do want to say I don't want to make it seem like we're like uh, marketing on the back of this, but again, we're just speaking as two Miami sports fans who are like I'm really looking forward to this game Wednesday because you know these tributes and honors and the things they're very important to take in, and but sometimes you need a break. 
and that game right. Wednesday will absolutely. And again, I'm I'm not particularly a Marlins fan, but I am a Jose Fernandez fan, and you know I am a Heat fan and a Chris Bosh fan. I need a break. I need a distraction, and this this team, uh, at least for me, will provide it. And if you think it may provide it for you too, then um, we'll be happy to have you. Um, I think that's it. I I, I think I'm going to suggest Omar that, that there there's been a lot of NASL talk. In the last week, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe we table that until next week, until we get Drew back. Um, yeah, let's have a, a, a nice round for him. Yes. But before we sign off, <laughs> I'm back. Hey, I don't mind now. I, I'm in a great mood, so oh. go ahead. Have your fun. Just say whatever you want to say. Let's go across the pond <laughs> and have our Premier League wrap-up. And the, yeah, I think what we need to do is have like an audio go in there, go EPL or... <laughs> Or you have some British guy. Hello, welcome to the English Premier League grapple. <laughs> something like that. Something would work out very yeah. nice. But again, Manchester United were able to get three points last weekend. Uh, actually, in a fantastic style with four first half goals, each and every single one with fantastic quality. Look, yes, had they lost three games in a row in all competitions? Yes. Did we think that was going to be an anomaly? Yes. We proved it to be an anomaly, and we kind of took it out on uh, on those poor bastards we played. Oh, so so you beat Leicester handily? Oh, I I don't know anything about that. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> so I feel much more confident now with this Premier League. I'm going to say this now, and then of course we're going to get our heads caved in or something coming up soon. But uh, it's been good. It's been a really again with something we talked about um, a couple of weeks back. But this does really feel like a return to normal um, in the Premier League, where you have some of the big clubs. You know, it's it's Manchester City who, I mean, right now, I mean, I think we can both agree. Right now, they are playing a cut above everyone else. Um, uh, listen, they really haven't played a team that's challenged them. I think uh, United was more of a game that they didn't pull out the right personnel and had United put out the right personnel. And I'm not trying to sound like an apologist. I think the game would have been a draw. I really do. Um, you know, so, listen, they have the 18 points, though, so I'm not going to knock them. Uh, but they haven't been challenged. They have not uh, played a team of much quality. If you've seen the teams that they have played, their highest quality opponent has been United. That was a 2-1 draw. I mean, just go down the list of games they played. A lowly Stoke, a team in West Ham that is, uh, I mean, uh, they're a shell of what they once should have been. Uh, they, you know, they beat Bournemouth 4-0, who hasn't done that, and they beat Swansea. Um, you know, it goes to show you, they haven't really played a whole heck of a lot of people, and uh, there's a reason for it. I would just say 18 points, 6 games, 13 goal differential. They're 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 playing the opposition in front of them and they're and they're dominating. Again, we have seen so many, you know, De Bruyne apparently uh picked up a bit of a knock, you know, the the mm-hmm. season is long. Um, you know, it's 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 not something that's going to be settled in the end of September. But you look at the top of the table, uh, you know, Manchester City, Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, Everton, Manchester Crystal Palace, and then Chelsea. Um, the names that you expect to be up there, they're not quite in the order that you're used to, but all of the names are there. Right. And I Well, I mean, Tottenham would be the, the one exception, I think, to that where you look at, and, and they, they aren't the power five. I mean, you can say that now because, you know, they have a loaded roster and they are spending quite a bit of money, uh, but they aren't part of that traditional power five. Yes. Uh, you know, so it's definitely fun to see. And you know what the nice part is? And again, I'm sorry that I, I kind of cut you off there. City plays Tottenham this weekend at White Hart Lane. That is going to be the game to watch. And I'll put my United, you know, blubber boat aside there for a second. But Sunday, 9.15 in the morning, 
Set your DVRs, folks. That is going to have some fireworks. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting um, matchup. And I think everyone else from from 2 to 20, or from 3 to 20, is going to, maybe not the Arsenal fans, but I think everyone is hoping for Tottenham to put a, a bit of a knock in Manchester <laughs> City before this thing gets too far down the railway tracks. Um, but yeah, it's been a fun, you know, we basically had our one slip up, um, you know, towards the beginning of the year against Burnley and then but since then uh they've looked really solid and so I'm 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 happy you know a team that that puts out a good entertaining product and is constantly competing and you know that's all you can really ask for so um you know talk to me in April when we're in second and I'm like we need three more points how do we lose to Burnley MF or blah 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 <laughs> um but yeah so you know it's 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 good and I I think I'm glad that it's just not you know, I'm glad Manchester United have come back down to earth a little bit. Um, they had that that one week bump in the road, so I don't have to dread this section of our conversation every <laughs> week. Um, so, uh, really quick, uh, La Liga roundup: uh, Real Madrid first, Barcelona second, Atletico Madrid third. Yeah, but Real Madrid uh, draws against lowly. I don't even know if they're lowly. I don't even know where they play. Las Palmas. Yeah, that that sounds like a. Um, uh, a, a team that that you're not used to hearing, but like that sounds like a like a nickname for Miami FC. <laughs> what am I getting? You know the Palms. Um, but yeah, so Real Madrid last six win 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 draw draw. Barcelona have that loss, but they they're starting to catch back up. I wonder who's gonna win. It's a, it's anyone's match. You know, it's a wide open La Liga. Um, but anyway, yeah. So th- there's your La Liga wrap up. Um, any other business to attend to? New business, old business? Uh, no, you, you went ahead and talked about the game. And, oh, yes, there is one thing we do need to wrap up. So, guys, we still have the gift card that just does not want to be <laughs> given away here. Um, we have a $25 gift card to Soccer Locker. Um, and, again, in order to enter the contest, what we need you to do is the following. Since I've seen our numbers spike and now we are on iTunes, which we'll talk about in just one second, what I need you guys to do here is if you want to be in this uh, contest, you have to pick the first goal scorer of the game. Now, the goal scorer could be a Miami FC player. Uh, if you want to be looked down upon and given a gift card, maybe ripped in half, you can put an auto a Fury yeah, FC yeah, player yeah. on there. Um, and you have to give us the minute that the goal is going to be scored that you think. The reason I'm saying that is this. I don't want 20 people giving me Dario Svitnovich in the fifth minute. That's not really fair. Um, so... Again, closest minute with the right player is going to be the one to get it. If we have a tie for whatever reason, we're going to go ahead and DM those respondents and get their predictions for the game on Saturday against the uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. So again, reply to the tweet that uh, promotes this podcast. Put your goal score and your minute, and uh, hopefully you'll have a $25 shopping spree at a soccer locker. So yeah, this is... Um... This is your chance. This is your time to get some free soccer cash. Um, goal scorer, end minute, reply to Ma- at Magic City Soccer on Twitter. That's where you got to go for it. And as Omar did mention, if you are listening, uh, put a word out. Let your friends know, especially on social media, that you can now join. Uh, you can subscribe to the Magic City Soccer podcast. Just search Magic City Soccer on Twitter. And um, you will find us there. It is really easy. It's a one-click situation. Whenever we upload the podcast, it will pop into your feed, and you can hear our lovely voices talking about this beautiful game. Um, 
you said Twitter, but he means iTunes and SoundCloud as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I so mention it on Twitter that we're now on iTunes? <laughs> if that wasn't clear, please you know put it out on Twitter, retweet us, let your friends know who like soccer that there is a Miami soccer podcast, and it's easy now easy to find on uh, on iTunes and on SoundCloud. I am still uploading to Cherubit because again, I am a masochist. Um, I, I enjoy punishment. It will be there too, but in reality, you're going to want to find it on iTunes. Um, so I think that's it, right? That seems about it. Yep. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Omar, I will talk to you later. I'll see you later at the, the Miami FC game. And I will see you on Wednesday. Absolutely. Best of luck to you until then. Um, so yeah, that that's it. I, I'm stumbling on the end here. Let's wrap this up. We're done. Go Miami FC and go Miami soccer. Bye everyone. Rest in peace, the King Arnold Palmer. Amen. <laughs>